So on Good Friday at the beginning of this Easter weekend, we remembered that it was the day that Jesus died. It was the day that he was uh, handed over, arrested by religious leaders, those uh, who were his own people, who uh, gave him to the Romans, and he was uh, crucified at the hands of the Romans. He was, he was killed, and there was no doubt that he was dead. Two days Later, on the first Easter Sunday is where we pick up our story today. Early in the morning, there were some women who had followed Jesus. They'd gone to mourn at his tomb. But they had found the tomb open, despite the huge stone that had been put in front of the tomb. It had been rolled away and Jesus' body was nowhere to be seen. So they ran and told the other disciples... They ran and told them, but they were met with disbelief, confusion, and even mocking. But what happens next is where we pick up our story this morning. Two of the disciples who were heading home, reflecting on all that had happened, the, the pain, the confusion, the disbelief, the disappointment, when they meet a stranger who walks with them and changes everything. This morning, we're going to be thinking about going on a journey, and particularly going on a journey with Jesus. Life is a journey, isn't it? It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. I wonder what your life has looked like in the last year. Maybe you've gone to a new school. Maybe you've moved house. Maybe you've lost a baby tooth. Give me a wave if you've lost a baby tooth in the last year. Okay, a few of us. Maybe... Maybe you've lost an adult tooth. I won't make you wave if you lost an adult tooth. But life is a constant journey. And I wonder what your journey looks like. And I wonder what brought you here this morning. Maybe you always come to church on Easter. You've just really enjoyed doing that. Maybe one of your friends invited you this week or a few weeks ago, and you thought, yeah, I'd like to find out more. Maybe Mum or dad woke you up early this morning and dragged you along. Or maybe you just could smell the hot cross buns being cut in the other room and the smell wafted you into the church. Whatever it is, you are so, so welcome this morning and we're really, really pleased you're here. Now, we've invested in technology and hopefully you can smell the hot cross buns at home as well, but um, do write in if that's not working yet. Each one of us is on a journey. But this morning, we're going to go on a literal journey. We're going to go on a journey with these two disciples who were walking from Jerusalem, where Jesus had been killed, back to their home in Emmaus, a seven-mile hike. And what we will discover on that journey is the wonderful news of Easter, the news that Jesus, who we remember, died on Good Friday two days ago, the wonderful news that he did not stay dead, this morning we celebrate that Jesus is alive and the invitation to each one of us is to turn away from our own journey and get to follow him. And so I've asked my friend Tim to come and read the passage and then we're going to look at it together for the next seven or eight minutes. This is taken from Luke chapter 24 verse 13 to 35. Now that same day, the two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. 
They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they didn't see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he simply broke the bread. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim. The first ever Easter Sunday. Easter, you can see we've got wonderful decorations from the glow party yesterday. We've got balloons everywhere. Today is the great celebration of the Christian faith. And yet here, on the first ever Easter Sunday, these two friends were anything but celebrating. Their face was downcast. They were so heartbroken. Why? Because Jesus had died. This Jesus who they had followed was dead. They were leaving Jerusalem and all they could do is talk it over and over and over again. The Jesus they had great hope in was gone. 
I wonder if you know how they feel. When you talk through something again and again and again, because life was going in one direction and then everything changes. It feels like your world has fallen in and you're totally overwhelmed. I wonder if you know how it feels to be so stunned by the things of life that you can do nothing but replay those events again and again and again in your head, asking the question, what just happened? This is how these two disciples felt. Jesus was gone, and they were left just talking it over and over. What just happened? But as the two of them walk along, someone walks along beside them. Now we know it's Jesus, but at this point, the two friends, the two disciples, they don't. And as the man, this so-called stranger, as he walks alongside them, he can clearly see they're heartbroken. They're utterly heartbroken. And so he asks some probing questions to work out why. And they talk about a few things, but ultimately, the reason these two friends are heartbroken is because two days ago, they were full of hope, but today, their hope was gone. Jesus was their great hope. You hear it in their voice in verse 21 of the passage that we read. Cleopas said, we had hoped, but we had hoped. You can hear the heartbreak. We'd hoped that Jesus was the one who would come and redeem Israel. Jesus was their great hope. With him, all the things that were wrong would one day be made right. All the things that were broken and damaged would be fixed. But now he was gone. Where was their hope? Few things are more, few things are more crushing, aren't they, than hope lost, than journeys ended. And we live in a world which so easily takes away our hope, where injustice steals from us, where sickness ends lives far too soon, where plans that were joyful and exciting end in numbing disappointment. Now, all of us would have experienced this, whether you're five years old or whether you're 95 years old. All of us, in one way or another, know what it is to be really excited or really hopeful about something, and then it goes. Maybe you have a friend who you thought, maybe this time they'll come through. Maybe this time they won't disappoint me, but they didn't show up. Maybe there's something in your life you think you'd get better from, but so far, you're still living with it. For me, I really want to have a family. I'd love to have children, but so far, that's not been possible. Hope lost is one of the most crushing things that we experience in this life. But for our two friends, when all seemed lost, a glimmer of hope appeared. You see, as they were telling Jesus, this stranger, all of the things that had happened, they remembered, you know something funny? Some of our group, some of the women of our group, they went to visit the tomb. And instead of finding Jesus there, there were two angels who said, Jesus is alive. I, I don't really know what to do with that. Then on top of this story, the stranger that was walking alongside them starts to open the Bible. 
starts to open the scriptures, it says, and he explains that it's always been God's plan to send a savior who would suffer and die, but who would then defeat death and come back to life. And so these two friends, these two disciples are walking along and thinking, what if it's true? This glimmer of hope appears, and if I was them, I would imagine their heads would be full of this question, what if it's true? I wonder if you have any what ifs about Jesus. I wonder whether that's the reason you came this morning. There are some what ifs in your mind about Jesus. What if he isn't just a historical figure, but the very one who could save us? What if his death was exactly what was needed to give us life? What if his death wasn't the end, but the beginning? It wasn't a defeat, but a victory. What if Jesus is alive? But you see, for our two friends, the what ifs were not enough. Cleopas and the other disciple, they were walking on this journey And Jesus, or this stranger, they didn't realize it was him yet, he was telling them amazing things about what God had promised. And yet they were still going in the same direction. So just as I end, I have one more question. What made them turn around? They had all these what ifs. They had the the Bible explained to them. They had heard about the Savior, but what actually made them physically get up and run back those seven miles to Jerusalem? I'll tell you, they met the living Jesus. It was when Jesus was breaking bread. They sat down for a meal and they had followed Jesus for many years. They knew what he was like. They didn't recognize him at this point and yet he picked up the bread and he broke the bread and suddenly, oh my goodness, it's him. It's him. You see, when we meet with the living Jesus, everything changes. When we meet with the living Jesus, everything changes. And I want to tell you, friends, Jesus is alive and he's inviting each one of us to come and meet with him. And what's more, he's inviting each one of us to instead of carrying on our own journey, journeys which, if we're honest, they're full of disappointments, they're full of hope lost, and they're full of being overwhelmed and crushed by the things of life. Jesus invites us to, instead of following our own journey, to turn and follow him. And this life that Jesus leads us on, this journey that he wants to take us on, is a journey of joy, a journey of hope, and a journey of peace. Now don't get me wrong, as a church family, over the last few months, we've been looking at how the Bible says following Jesus is not easy. It comes with a lot of heartbreak, but it is so worth it. Because you see, following Jesus is a journey of peace. Life is overwhelming, but with him by our side every step of the way, we can know peace in that difficulty. And life with Jesus is full of hope. Instead of hope crushed, we have hope that Jesus, he cannot die twice. He is now alive forever, so every promise he has, we can hold on to. And with Jesus, it is a journey of joy. Because like these two disciples, we do not walk alone. 
We never do the journey by ourselves. My friends, Jesus is alive. That is what we celebrate as Christians on Easter Sunday. That is what we celebrate, to be honest, every day of our lives following Jesus. Jesus is alive. And he offers each one of us to turn from our own journey and follow him on a journey of joy. Now, we're going to have a couple of ways to respond to that in a moment. But I've asked a few of my friends to come and share stories of how they have met with the living Jesus and how that has completely changed my life. So Anne and uh, and some others from the church are going to share what it means to them to have met with the living Jesus. Hello, I'm Marion Druitt. I'm very grateful to have been brought up in a Christian home. I'd heard many times how Jesus died for me. And when I was four years old, I knelt down on the rug in our back room with my parents and asked Jesus to come into my life. When I woke up the next morning, I was so happy. I just had to go and tell my granddad who lived with us what I'd done. That was over 60 years ago. The living Jesus is still with me every day. I can talk to him about anything. Knowing him is the best thing in my life. These words from a song sum it up for me. Faithful one, so unchanging. Ageless one, you're my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. Um, yeah, so I was brought up in a Christian household, uh, but my journey with God had loads of ups and downs. And there was one night, I mean, um, yeah, one night where I messed up hugely. I was tempted in so many ways, and I did not overcome them at all. And uh, then after that, it was like when you can't really look at someone, like you've done something and you're really ashamed. It's kind of like you just got to look at the ground because you can't look at them. You're really ashamed. You know, but you've let them down. That's how it was for me with God, because I knew I'd let them down, and I was ashamed. But... Meeting with a living Jesus for me was the fact that there's that realization there that this is the whole reason that Jesus died for us because God knew that we were going to mess up hugely every single time. And so that's why he sent Jesus, so that he could redeem us and so that he can make us new and righteous before God when we, when we repent and we ask for forgiveness. And every time he's going to forgive us because he loves us. So yeah, that's how I think with a living Jesus changed my life. When I first met Jesus, I was 32. Two years later, as I was praying about whether I should invite my mum to our wedding, which my dad would also attend, um, and the reason for that is I'd left home when I was 18 to join the REF because life at home had been really difficult since my dad left several years earlier. My mum had become so distant, harsh and cold since that happened. As I was praying, God was able to show me that her heart was broken. Not only had she lost her husband, but also three of her children. God had been at work in me in those two years since I first met Jesus, and he changed my hard heart to a heart of compassion for her. I began to see that she had, in fact, been torn apart 
And this was the reason for who she now was. She had become an alcoholic who depended on me to care for what remained of our family. I no longer felt hostile or hardened towards her now and shared my new faith in Jesus and told her how much he loved her. Thank you so much. Meeting with the living Jesus, it changes everything. That's true of my life, that's true of these three's lives, it's true of many people's in the room. And if you don't know Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity this morning. You have the opportunity anytime you want, but this morning as you've heard the good news about Easter Sunday, about Jesus, if you want that for your own life and you've never experienced that before, I want you, I would love to invite you to come and speak to me. I'm gonna be here at the end of the service and uh, one or two others with me, and we would love to pray with you, and we'd love to talk to you about that. But I also want to encourage those in the room, I've been speaking about the joy on the journey of Jesus. And for many of us, we might not feel that joy. Maybe you do follow Jesus, but maybe you say, look, I used to feel that joy, but not anymore. I want to encourage you as well. Maybe it's because the things of this life are so crushing and overwhelming that our eyes have been dropped. I want to encourage you, the choir's gonna sing to us in a second. And as the choir sings about Jesus being alive, I'd love to invite you to pray. Come before God and ask him to lift your eyes again to him. You know his closeness through the things of life. For others of us, as we've lost that joy, it's because if we're honest, we haven't been following him. We've been walking our own path. Now if that's you, again, as the choir sing, I'd encourage you, I'd invite you, to come before God and repent, turn back to him. And if that is you, I'd encourage you to tell a friend because that always helps to go on that journey together. So whatever the response is, the choir is gonna come up now and lead us in a song. Then we're gonna sing our final song together and then we're gonna enjoy hot cross buns and tea and coffee. But if that is you, who doesn't yet know Jesus, but you've heard the good news this morning and say, what if? What if he really is alive? What if he is calling me to leave my old life and follow him? Please don't go and get a hot cross bun immediately. Come and chat to me or some of my friends first or some of the people that you came with. We would love to pray with you and tell you more about this amazing Jesus who walks with us.